Hello, and welcome back to the Present Tense Podcast. Andre and I are here, and we have our special guest, Mr. Jake. Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, Jake's coming along. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Absolutely. Jake's a, a good, good family friend. One of those guys that uh, you feel like you know you meet people every once in a while, and you have a good connection with them. And you're thinking. I need to spend more time with that person. I want to hang out with that person more. <laughs> and we kind of never do. Oh, so, yeah. and, You know, life gets in the way, but it's, it's funny you mention that because I've been realizing lately people you've met a week, several weeks ago could have better intentions and a bigger impact than we've done right. over years. Yeah. Timing is not, timing of knowing somebody is no correlation. Mm-hmm. So, so it's kind of like you get stuck in the, our loops sometimes as people that we're comfortable with. I know I do. I have like, you know, besides Laura, mm-hmm. you know, Andre and like three of the people that I have a, <laughs> a regular conversation with and yeah. just like expanding that sometimes seems like a big yeah. deal. Right. Instant oh, yeah. connections though, I mean, they're, they're everything. I, I've noticed, especially being out here, how more connected I am mm-hmm. with people I meet right, right away. Right. Hence right now, you know, <laughs> I feel like I've known you for a couple oh, years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but interesting though, because I mean like you and I met each other, what? Year or two ago, been, maybe something it was somewhere like in there. Peak COVID around that time when people yeah. were just starting to get back out. A mm-hmm. year and a half, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. interesting yeah. when you meet someone's kind of in, you know, similar mm-hmm. energy field or mm-hmm. levels or kind of on the same path. Mm-hmm. There's there's something there where you kind of realize that and know that, even though you don't actually know it. Right. Mm-hmm. So then getting to know you a little bit more, it's like, oh, that yeah, that totally makes sense yeah. that you're into this stuff too because, oh yeah, that's why there was. That, that, that thing existed, right? Yeah, interconnectedness we've spoke about quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah. But don't let appearances fool you because the first time I saw Matt, I was actually terrified. <laughs> Who isn't? Listeners can't see right now, but Matt is a very, very big man. But of course, then he starts talking and he smiles at you and it's like, this guy's a teddy bear. Yeah. <laughs> Still wouldn't catch him the wrong way on the street, but like, you know, don't let appearances, you know, yeah. judge too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> So usually when we have a guest on, you know, we don't like to do a history lesson, but just kind of like to let allow the person to give a little bit of their background so we kind of know where they're coming from and, and all that. So I'll let Jake kind of take it away and give us a little bit of his background and just kind of let us know who, who, who he is and how he got to here. Absolutely. I was going to say how much time he got. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> Andre's got one hour. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I grew up in L.A., uh, but lived all over. So I lived a, uh, you know, hybrid. Stepfather was a military guy. You know, I also had my, my regular dad. Um, both great men, but like I lived all over from LA. I grew up kind of in the southeast part of it in many different cities. Uh, headed back east for a while, came back to uh, the west coast where I'm from, senior year of high school. And then I ended up down in San Diego about seven years ago. Um, and a lot of sort, you know, a lot of stints in between there. So I was an empire, it was crazy. And uh, got into finance here. And I've been working on my financial career now for seven years, you know, yeah. Wall Street. Now I'm going to be leaving that and starting up my own company um, on the marijuana distribution side and, and cultivation. Uh, that came about crazy. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And finally get a chance to, to chase that entrepreneurial spirit I've always kind of had deep down. Um, and funny enough, you know, given the subject matter of our content here, it, it really does kind of force you as far as you, you pick a direction and go. And the things you learn along the way, it's almost like you, you know what you want to get. Things start to happen, whether it be for the positive or negative, but it's all meant and designed to build you into that person you need to become to eventually have what you want. Yeah, and we know, talk about that all the time. I just everything that happens, it's not enjoyable in the moment, but then we look back, it's like, oh, that's exactly what was supposed to happen. It's exactly how that was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So and it really helps us develop, you know, faith in whatever we're going through or experiencing. Mm-hmm. It's like this is supposed to happen. Yeah. And it's it's okay. <laughs> 
hardest yeah. part is in the moment realizing right. it's supposed to be <laughs> this way. And, yeah. and I, I don't mean to get too serious, but you know, I, over the last year, I reached some of the darkest places of my soul that yeah. I that I didn't even know existed. Um, you know, we talk about angels and demons. I'm big on you know, listeners can't see, but the tattoos on my body, you know, <laughs> symbolize kind of who I am. That duality of man. You yeah. Know, uh, full metal jacket, you know, born to kill in front, peace out in the back, right? Uh, or is the other way around? I can't remember. But you know, it's 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 understanding too that the negative and the positive is all it's all cohesive. Life is what makes life beautiful is contrast and context. Mm-hmm. Um, yet we tend to see things so black and white, good, bad. When in reality, it's you need the demons, you need the angels, right? Um, yeah. It's all about learning that balance and and how do they work together and and. You know what my father always said is like, when you look at very successful men out there, or, or and women, don't, don't, don't mean to leave them out. But, um, there's an element of problems they have that we can't even fathom, comprehend. Sure. And he goes, if you can't handle the problems at this level, mm-hmm. what makes you think you can handle the problems at that level? Mm-hmm. And he's like, he goes, the problem is not having problems. The problem is if you look up in 20 years and you have the same problems you did 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, they yeah. should be getting more complicated. Um, with with even greater solutions required, that means you're moving up in life. And yeah. I will be quoting my father a lot because he <laughs> is my my guiding light, my north star. That's also, I feel that way when we do that a lot too. When we see someone who is successful, it's like, oh, I wish I was as successful as as Elon Musk, or I wish I was as funny as Chris Rock, or whatever it is. But we don't look at all the other things that come along with that personality type that they have to endure and deal with and carry that got them to be oh, yeah. the best that they are at that field. Like, would, mm-hmm. would we make that trade? Mm-hmm. You know, I think for me, a lot of times the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. 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 When you see how the sausage is made. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, adversity builds character, right? And adversity adds and brings upon that success. Um, everybody has different adversity. Everybody's success is different. And nobody's success is the same as somebody else's, you know? And I think we have to understand that we see so often on social media and on TV, like this person's famous, this person's great, this person's superstar, but what happened in that person's life that caused that shift to take that turn? Right. Because I feel like we all have a, have a situation or situations in our lives where we can go left or go right. And the mental that's the part we got to get over more times than not. You know, that's where, that's where the confliction comes from, and that's where you go one way or another. Oh, yeah. So with that left or right turn, you said you worked in Wall Street for seven oh, yes. years, and then you wanted to jump into your doing your own thing. So what what happened that motivated you and made you want to do that? Funny story. So the the short and long of of what pulled me into it. Like people ask me why Canvas, why this, yeah. and uh, a friend of mine who's a partner now with me on this. He does some small like boutique investment banking, uh, peak COVID, you know, oils obviously, mm-hmm. prices are going crazy right now. We never thought they'd hit 70 bucks a barrel, they're trading over 100 now. And I'm on, you know, on the Wall Street side, I handle equities and options. Um, and I did some paper trading of commodities as well, but that's not a huge line of our business. He calls me up and he goes, you know, his old friend used to play, they trade uh, currency futures back together in college, right? And I talked to him once a quarter, you know, it's one of those, hey buddy, what's going on? Follow up. He calls me twice. And it's during, you know, work hours. And I'm like, this is weird, someone must be up. So I pick <laughs> up the second time, I'm like, what's up, buddy? And uh, Adrian goes, hey, you're, you're, you're on a trading desk, right? And he's like, you ever work with like, like, 
commodities, and I was like, well, I do some paper. We trade some paper, but like we don't actually finance transformations, right? And then he goes, I got this small little import-export guy out of Ohio, Columbus. He's got $100 million of Russian oil sitting off the coast of Houston, <laughs> waiting to be refined, and a Chinese buyer with a standing letter of credit from Bank of America. Problem is, his financiers are British, and they won't touch anything that has the word Russian on it. Uh-huh. And I go, and so you told him you could help him. And he goes, yes, <laughs> but you can't help him. He goes, yes. <laughs> and uh, he goes, am I your first call? He's like, yes. <laughs> and I go, if we pull this off, you realize, like, this could be one of the plots in those movies where it ends with us being carted off with the <laughs> handcuffs. And he goes, I'm aware of that. And I go, let me make a phone call. And going through that, something happened uh, in my head because yep. I've always been a very kind of high anxiety, not high anxiety, it's bad word, very high energy, but also mm-hmm. very much the reverse of that. I've, I have a very, I've learned about myself a very volatile mm-hmm. um, Inertia setup, right? Yeah. If I'm if I'm rocking and rolling and I feel alive, mm-hmm. there's nothing I can't accomplish. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not being stimulated and I have no passion or care for what I do mm-hmm. or what I'm doing at the time, I can get very lethargic mm-hmm. and very kind of people almost say lazy because it's mm-hmm. just I I need to have a sense of purpose. It's not sure. always about money. And as we were going through, I did the math and I go, I said, bro, and we ended up helping get the deal done many different avenues um, yeah. we of course de-risked ourselves in situations <laughs> of, course, um, of course and I, I did it all to books so I'm, I'm not legally allowed to do something like that But I, I was going to ask if we need to edit this out for <laughs> no no we <laughs> yeah. do because at the end of the day just make sure you don't post until I have already left funny enough I did the math and I've always loved kind of like I said context and, and contrast mm-hmm. provides that, that flavor of life and I did the math and I'm hey buddy you ever want to feel alive and feel important and feel of value that was enough oil to put five gallons of gas in every GM vehicle in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we were part of that. Yeah. Uh, like, guy in his bedroom in his home office setup was a part of that. And I was like, dude, you were, you were on the road half the time driving across the country. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you ever, ever want to feel important, and, and we did get, and I should also clarify, my, my buddy is also my age, right? We're yeah. getting into our 30s where it's like prime of like getting into peak performance in your life. Mm-hmm. And, all of a sudden, it was this almost like a drug. It was like, I want to do that again, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And the problem with what I'm doing on Wall Street is, you know, it's getting very automated, and algorithms are replacing guys like me faster than we can keep up, mm-hmm. right? Not realizing that you know algorithms are very axiomatic; they're designed by a human. That'll all bust. The problem is when it does, we'll, we'll be long gone by mm-hmm. then. Um, and somehow, cannabis got brought to him through a certain thing. I started doing some research trying to, as far as a deal that was going on and I realized it was like, how can you sell a drug and not make money on the legal side? Now I get it, there's taxes regulation, but it kind of morphed from there to like, we have a huge opportunity here. It took me six months to build out the idea, do the yep. research, and then this last year of actually pulling the trigger and starting it. And, um, you know, I don't really know why, like, what inspired me necessarily is just just take this leap, but it had to be it had to have been a lot of things from the standpoint, uh, a little bit overzealous, a little bit of excitement. You, we love to rush headfirst into things sure. we do, and then we kind of barrel through the wall, and we're like, okay, uh, I didn't quite think all of this through. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, kind of what started, and then you know, of course, you ever want to realize how lonely you really are in this world? Take a bet on yourself and see <laughs> you're still there. And, mm-hmm. Going through that, eventually starting up, uh, uh, my 30th birthday, uh, a woman I was seeing at the time kind of took me to Vegas for a, my 30th birthday trip with some of our closest friends, had a great time, but 
literally when I was there, I, I didn't say anything, but I was online and I actually, you know, before we left that morning, stuck yeah. the statement of information, everything, articles of corporation, the mail, you know, the state, and I started my LLC. I was like, I'm going to be 30. I, I feel like this is a ceremonial thing. Sure. Time to, time to look down on the cliff and be like, that first lay, foot comes off, like, here we mm-hmm. go, let's fall, right? And hopefully we can build a parachute on the way down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was definitely not as well thought out as it should have. Um, you get in there, you realize people may have been full of shit that you were relying on, and mm-hmm. then, of course, you meet people along the way, and and uh, then it just so happens whenever you take these leaps, right, there's always the initial excitement, the initial, sure. I can do anything, I can mm-hmm. make this happen, yeah. and then the first punch in the face right. comes, then the second one, <laughs> and you're just backed into the corner, like, okay, now my right knee's on the ground, I'm right. still getting hit, boom, mm-hmm. now both knees are on the ground, boom, now I'm face down, right? <laughs> Um, but I believe that's almost, I don't mean to sound too like earthy or crunchy or whatever it is, but it's almost like kind of the universe saying like, all right, let's see how bad you yeah. really want. Yeah, sure. Right. Absolutely. And, uh. Challenges along the way. Oh yeah. Always. Oh, four, three, well, so I, you know, don't mean to get too personal about it, but literally a week after I started up everything, I was like, I'm making the leap. I'm still working my career, but I'm making mm-hmm. I'm making this happen. Mm-hmm. I'm taking yep. risk now. Um, the woman I was seeing at the time, who I cared for very much, like, it didn't work out. Yep. And I was like, this is just uncanny, the right. timing of all this mm-hmm. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then my mother actually started going through a divorce as yep. well. So then I was helping, you know, somebody who creates a lot of volatility in my life. Mm-hmm. I had to come back and deal with it. Now, it doesn't mean you don't love them. Of course. Mm-hmm. But... We all got those people. Yeah, we, <laughs> know, we know. We know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it also forced me to set boundaries for the first time in my mm-hmm. life. And I kind of mm-hmm. did it accidentally. And I felt bad about the way it went down, but it did create a healthy boundary. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, my mother going through that. And then, of course, I start seeing things fall apart. And partners, you know, you, they get excited, but then all of a sudden they realize, like, oh, it's not happening as quickly as we thought. Or there's getting to be some real risk here, some real problems. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, then you look up and realize, oh, I'm, I really am alone. And yeah. that kind of was the first little segue of like, okay, I realized maybe there's something challenging me, but you know who I am as a person, obviously ADHD diagnosed, as you can tell, I haven't stopped talking in the last 15 <laughs> minutes, but um, I was young when I was diagnosed, seven years mm-hmm. old, and mm-hmm. my mom was like, give him the pills. My dad was like, he's seven, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be able to pay attention, right? Like, if he's 18, it's a different story. Yeah. And funny enough, I... I during COVID, got sent to work from home. Now, I'm mm-hmm. used to being on a training desk with live, sure. you know, yeah. lively area. I was so stimulated. I loved yep. it. Then I'm somebody in my living room, and I'm like, there's, a dog, there's my dog right there, my cup of coffee, and but it's quiet. Yeah, every and day. All of a sudden, it's like <laughs> my head, just like, what is going on here? And I, I started getting that lethargy I was talking okay. about. Mm-hmm. I had a doctor who eventually prescribed me with medication, and I'm not on anything crazy. He goes, I hate how people look at ADHD. They think mm-hmm. it's some disease. Sure. Right? It's not a disease. It's actually a genetic makeup that human beings have tried to evolve out of. Mm-hmm. When you look at, you know, in, you know, ancient times, you know, that's human beings are evolving. You had the hunter-gatherer society. Mm-hmm. Your gatherers had a certain genetic makeup that made them fit that role for survival. Right. Your hunters had a different uh, genetic makeup. Head on a swivel always sensing danger, mm-hmm. right? They need to be able to be stimulated immediately to kick in their survival instincts much quicker because sure. their job is to hunt and protect. Mm-hmm. Problem is, in a sedentary society, we don't have those same dangers. Right. But this, you know, 
set of human beings is mm-hmm. still genetically made up that way. Mm-hmm. And he goes, problem is we've evolved out of it as far as lifestyle, but our hardwiring still hasn't. He goes, you don't have a disease, you have a certain genetic makeup. Right. Mm-hmm. And he goes, ironically, the people that I treat the hardest for this are all you know, ex-law enfor- law enforcement, first responders, okay. military, because they were able to satiate that genetic makeup mm-hmm. when they retired and got out was mm-hmm. when it gotcha. started to creep in. Okay. And he goes, that's what's happening to you here. So I started taking medication and realized, wow, doc, you're giving me methamphetamine and I'm sleeping better. <laughs> My diet is streamlined. I'm, I feel so good. He's like, because you had, a, you had a missing link in the chain, right? Yeah. I fixed it. You actually had a problem. Gotcha. People like get side effects. People that don't actually need it. <laughs> but eventually I started learning a lot about myself in that way, right? As far as, okay, that's the kind of human, that's who I am to my core. It's my genetic wiring. Mm-hmm. Why fight against the sure. way I'm genetically yeah, yeah. wired? Um, and so, you know, taking that leap, I started to feel alive. But then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you start getting hit in the face as, as you're going through the entrepreneurial journey. Entrepreneurial journey. And you're like, okay, like now all of a sudden you curl up in a little hole. And I was always very extroverted, um, but very introverted at the same time. I like my alone time. Mm-hmm. I can be alone and not be lonely. Mm-hmm. But for the first time in my life, as I hit the halfway point, where I really was, in my opinion, at the bottom, mm-hmm. was uh, that was the first time I felt yeah. lonely. Like, not around people, but just in my mind. Sure. Mm-hmm. You guys would see me at the gym, and I'd put on a fake smile yeah. and look fine, <laughs> but on the inside, I'm like, I'm dying. I'm dying right now on the inside. Um, that's your extrovert fighting your introvert. Exactly. I'm very much the mm-hmm. same as you, so I get that. Mm-hmm. And um, funny, funny enough, I just, it, I, it believe it, one of the most beautiful things when I look back on it now. Now, obviously, uh, going in about ten months now since this whole thing started, and for the last about six weeks, things uh, we like hit. I, mean, I should say I, right? I did all the work, but you know, I hit the the milestones I needed to. Mm-hmm. And looking back, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Contrast and context. Going so, through it though, I'm like it's ugly. Right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. when you had this feeling, you really felt alone, like mm-hmm. that that first time. Like, what did you do to deal or cope with that? How did you How did you help yourself? And see, that's that was what I really learned about myself too. We have to put our egos aside. You know, I always wanted to be macho, this mm-hmm. and that, and and, and I, I go back to my father, who was my north star, my my guiding light, mm-hmm. and he's always had this stoicism about him that has just always inspired me. Yeah. And I won't goes into his personal stuff but he's seen some things in his life from you know early childhood on to recently that would break most people Mm -hmm. and he always handled it with such calmness right Mm -hmm. and I had to put my ego aside and realize like okay uh, I I am I'm down here right like Mm -hmm. I I kind of stopped trying to be too tough not not necessarily you know I could always be people don't necessarily always care about your your BS because they have their own to deal with um but I had to. Okay, I I I'm in a bad I'm in a bad place. I have to admit it to myself. Yeah, you um, accept that it sucks, right? Exactly. Now. You have to be sucks. vulnerable. That's yeah, what happened. You have to oh, accept yeah. that vulnerability yeah. that you were feeling exactly. about dealing it on your own. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I remember I remember very vividly, and this is where I'll start getting a little more kind of uh, you know personal, and hopefully provide some juiciness here. Um, I. I it was a Thursday. Can't remember exactly what day, but it was around the April, April May area was where I really was okay coming out of this. But mm-hmm. it was a process, this darkness, and I remember just kind of it was like death by a thousand cuts. You're just every little thing, every little bad news. It, 
I felt trapped. There was nowhere for me to go. It was in my mind. I remember, it's like a Thursday, and I'm sitting in my house, and like I said, I've always been a somewhat of a homebody after after a long day's work, and I remember feeling for the first time, I was like, I don't want to go anywhere, but I don't want to be in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like I had a home. The home is a place where you feel comfortable, you're mm-hmm. safe, and I just wasn't comfortable. And I've always believed a man's true strength comes from not the position he occupies, but in the options that he has. And I felt like I got very limited options right now. Mm-hmm. I take an extreme personal risk, and I'm and it just it's closing in, yeah. like you're suffocating. And I got to text my 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 mother on WhatsApp. Um, she's in Germany right now, and she's obviously going through a divorce. And and you know I'm sorry if she ever listens to this, but I got to kind of throw that business out there. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, my mother's always been very much like she's had her problems but you know I love her and I want to help her through it and she's just turned 60 mm-hmm. and she was not in a good place either yeah. and was starting to project that onto me and she's understanding what loneliness feels like mm-hmm. and some of the mistakes she may have made and what that's done to us boys I have two brothers as well and I remember without getting too graphic here I basically text her back and I said, this is where I really hit rock bottom. I texted her back. And I go, you know this effing loneliness you're you feeling can swear right it's now? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't sure, you know, it's kind of, if we're 18 out for um, You know, you know what this fucking loneliness you're feeling? You know, uh, the emotional vulnerability, the feeling of, like, you can't do anything, you can't move, you're, you're spiritually crushed. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're lucky that you're 60 and you have a 30-year-old son who's willing to help you through it. Mm-hmm. That was my childhood, but I didn't have that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it, I, it hit her because she yeah. realized, like, oh. And I was like, it, it was a beautiful thing because it made a strong son. Mm-hmm. But yeah. at the same time, like, I had to hit her with that. And that was the first boundary I ever drew, the, the line in the sand of, like, yeah. I need to take control of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt bad in the moment because I was like, it's my mother. I, I don't ever want to talk to her like that. But it, it jarred something in her head. Um, that was a sign of growth yeah. on both of your parts to oh, yeah. take it on her end and to oh, yeah. give it on your end. And it... It was definitely, definitely growth, and I didn't quite realize it in the moment. But after thinking about it, and of course we're working through this divorce together with her, and, and she she's made a lot of strides that have mm-hmm. very much impressed me. And, and now, okay, it was for the best, right? Mm-hmm. A negative situation that is actually a positive when you flip it on its head. Mm-hmm. Um, it had that contrast, that context, and after that. Um, I had to leave the house. I was just like, gotta get out and do something. And I, obviously, my dog was like my second best friend. Um, <laughs> I've only I've only had like three, and uh, I decided, you know, I'll take the dog for a walk around the neighborhood. I live in a beautiful neighborhood in Kensington and San Diego, and I was like, I need to just just get out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, this is where huge growth happened in this moment. Um, I called my dad, and like I said, my dad is my north star again. That's the third time I said it. Call my dad, but it's always been. I always came from a rational angle. Like when I have an issue, I I, I call Pop and I'm like, Yo, Pop, here's what I'm going through. Like, what would you do in the situation? It's always been rational with like, okay, we're gonna think this through. We're gonna come up with a solution. Mm-hmm. Never really called my father for emotional guidance, mm-hmm. right? And and not saying that he couldn't give emotional guidance, mm-hmm. but my father, he's just dealt with things with such stoicism that I mm-hmm. that inspires me, and I'm very envious in a way that I had this. I made up this insecurity in my head, like my dad's gonna look down on. Because right, I'm, I'm being emotionally weak yep. right now. And uh, he picks up the phone, and I was like, hey, Pop. And he goes, you all right? He could just tell in my mm-hmm. voice. And uh, I go, Pop, I'm, I'm, I'm in a bad spot. And he thought it was like money and stuff like that. Like, okay, how, like, how can I help? I go, no, I just, 
I feel like I can't feel anything, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? It's like I just I have no motivation anymore, right? I've got investors just circling me like sharks, right? And nobody will actually commit to anything. I'm running out of time day by day. Every minute that goes by, I just feel the noose tightening a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know what to do, Dad. I, I, I don't have any options. And he goes, run me through this again, because he's very smart. Man. He's a healthcare consultant, uh, managed care for like mergers, acquisitions for big medical companies, stuff like that. So he's seen doctors, lawyers, and investment bankers all in the same room. Mm-hmm. He goes, the funny thing is they think they're the smartest guy until I walk in. Right? <laughs> um, and so having him kind of, you know, I, I ran everything by him again, what, where we're at logistically, right, what my risks are, and, you know, what I've done to try to manage that risk. And he goes, okay, well, you're telling me everything you've done to, like, if this goes wrong, right? He goes, what if this goes right? What does that look like? And I'm like, uh, he goes, that's how you need to start looking at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he goes, buddy, you're in a spot right now where you're in the trenches to be cliche, right? And what have I always told you? Life is not always going out there every day and taking two, three giant steps forward. Sometimes you can't even take a step forward. He goes, the best thing you do sometimes is nothing at all because you're at least not taking a step back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he goes, in this spot, he goes, you're exposed. Right, mm-hmm. you got a lot of risk coming your way, a lot of bullets flying over your head, so to speak. He's like, you're exposed here. He goes, you can't stay here. You got to move, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, look at your. And this is where he really jarred my head. He goes, it's not what people say; it's what people do, right? What are they telling you versus what are they doing? Mm-hmm. And well, they're telling me this. It's you know, it's not going to work because this, this, this. He goes, but they've never actually told you no. He goes, they may not be sitting at the table, but they're all standing next to it, waiting for something to change, right? Mm-hmm. They're waiting for you to swing the pot, bid against yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, I think, counterintuitively speaking, you need to get very aggressive here. You have a limited amount of resources, but if you concentrate those resources, you can pull this off. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, you need to get into people's space. You need, you need to trade space for time here. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, how do I do that? And all he says was, Get up the stakes. No. That's how you close distance, right? He goes, you know, we finished up a phone call and, and I was sitting, in, there's like a nice courtyard in my neighborhood where I walked the dog and, and looked up at the stars and I got my little stupid nicotine vape and I'm blowing smoke into the clouds and I kind of trade space for time up the stakes. How does that happen, right? Mm-hmm. And I had, uh, we talked about the crossroads and I've already taken great personal risk. I needed to make an offer and come up with a down payment. But I also had to make a choice. They weren't going to let me take the facility, right? Okay. Unless I put a personal guarantee on it. They wouldn't take mm-hmm. a corporate guarantee because, mm-hmm. like, like, a corporation is going to fold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so let's put it this way. I'm on the hook for $200,000. It doesn't work out, personally. And it's no secret. I don't necessarily have that right now. But um, I, I, those two things were in the offing. And, and I was thinking about the whole thing and kind of looking at where I'm at, I, I went home, looked myself in the mirror, and I kind of thought to myself, it's like, behind me is the quicksand, mm-hmm. right? The short, yeah, sorry, the, the, the long death by a thousand cuts death, mm-hmm. right? That's just, it's not glorious. Yep. It's just, I look up in 45 years, and I'd be unfortunately in the same spot I am now. Yep. Mm-hmm. In front of me was pure carnage, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the ugliness that I'm currently going through. 
all and hoping that it's going to be something big on the other side. And it's kind of like, I'm dead either way. Right? <laughs> Pick a direction and go. And send it. Send it. <laughs> send. And so I, I go back to the thought of trading space for time. How do I up the pressure? Right? And like I said, everyone was swarming the table, but nobody was actually sitting down at it yet. But I knew it was like, but there hasn't been a no. Mm-hmm. Right? No is final. No mm-hmm. is powerful in that way. They haven't told me that yet, but they won't give me a yes, which means, okay, if somebody's still sticking around, there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. How do I trade space for time here? Because I need to come up with this down payment. Then I need to you know, personally guarantee this thing. Once I come up with that down payment, it's like, I got to have a deal done. In 30, like, I got to have all the money I need in 30 days. And I go, okay, you know what? I'm dead either way, right? Right. <laughs> the next day, I liquidated my 401k, my IRA, everything in my savings, uh, pulled all the cash advances I could on my credit cards, right, to come up with the $50,000 I needed, and uh, and then borrowed actually a little bit of money. Put the down payment down, took the personal guarantee, and then I call up all my guys and say, hey, everybody you talk to, tell them, like, start asking for referrals, right, uh, for general contractors when you're doing construction. Mm-hmm. Um, start asking for CPA referrals, attorney referrals, stuff like that, because we're operating a business. They go, we don't, we don't have the rest of the money. He goes, they don't know that. Right? <laughs> Act as if, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, guys, I literally just put every dollar I have in there, plus some, took a personal guarantee. It's like, this is happening, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, every morning since then, I've made it a, a priority when I wake up to tell myself, you're already dead, right? So you <laughs> feel free to do you, right? And by ultimately doing that, eventually what happened is these, these same people sitting around now, crazy enough, it ended up being none of them. I ended up sending off an email following up with somebody else about something totally different. And it just so happens that my current financiers now just, they're like, they took, they, they took it. I was like, whoa, that came out of nowhere, but it's funny. I created my own luck because I was mm-hmm. playing for time. I ended up creating my own luck in that so way. You manifested this. Manifested in a way. Yeah. And like, people were like, oh, yeah, you just like thought about it, attracted it. I was like, no, it was grueling. And yeah. I, couldn't, I, I got lucky, but I was in a position to get lucky always that the difference between luck and fortunate because lucky is like we just sit around and Mm -hmm. oh someone just gave me a hundred million dollars but fortunate to me is like you're working hard you're putting yourself in a position Mm -hmm. for something good to happen to you and like you definitely were working so that's what everyone says lucky it's like no 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 I'm not lucky I'm I'm fortunate it didn't have to work it didn't have to work out that way but I put myself in a position where it could and you You did over time you definitely did that and my, my people ask me, they're like, wow, that took balls to do that, right? Take that kind of personal risk. And especially doing that in the position you're in mentally, you know, spiritually. And I go, ironically, though, that's what made me feel alive. Yeah. All of a sudden, when I had that much on the line, it was like, this has got to happen. Right. So once you kind of, you took yeah. the fear, you fully faced it. And I warped no it. No more fear, right? And it was, it was almost crazy because there's still a fear there. But the fear then become like, I almost don't want to go back to that feeling of feeling right. just trapped. And, mm-hmm. and I was able to turn that fear into like huge positive motivation, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, if I'm scared, it's because I'm going the right way. Exactly. Human beings love to keep things at arm's distance. They mm-hmm. need space, right? They love space and mm-hmm. options. Mm-hmm. When you take that away from someone, if you're willing to trade your own physical space or mental space, what it might be for time, people under pressure do crazy things. They get very emotional and... I remember a, a friend of mine um, asking me, they were like, what were you betting on? Like, what do you, th- what'd you think was going to, like, what was the play here, right? Mm-hmm. You're a smart guy. And I go, exactly. I was betting on people that I was in their face on and pressuring mm-hmm. 
uh, upping the stakes with, I was betting that they were going to be like, okay, this guy's a smart guy. There's no way he would take this kind of risk mm-hmm. if he didn't actually have it. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> they didn't realize, like, no, I didn't. But it was like, they, yeah. there was like there's no way he, somebody would do that. They couldn't mm-hmm. fathom it. That was like, he must have it. We got to get back to the table. He might mm-hmm. have something here. Right? And I was like, I was basically betting on them thinking I was not stupid. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, and he goes, that was actually brilliant. Yeah. And I go, I, by the way, don't try this at home. <laughs> yeah. so, um, and I remember talking to my father about it. He goes, I remember when we finally closed everything and, and now he's actually going to be acting as my CFO because mm-hmm. really well. let's face it, he's, he's a smart guy. Um, That's why I like to call your dad after this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man, any, anything with numbers in Excel, he's got you. And uh, I remember talking to my dad. He's like, he was actually in town, and uh, we were having dinner and drinks one night, and he's like, he kind of just looked at me and said, Phew. He goes, I'm not going to lie, man, I was sweating for you. <laughs> and I was like, you understand that I was actually operating off of a conversation that we had. He's mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, I just, yeah. Just glad it worked. I was like, I'm looking at him like, wait, you mean you weren't that confident either? But you're like, you should do it this way. But you know, I, I realized that uh, going back to like angels and demons, right? Mm-hmm. And I've always thought, oh, you got to keep your demons in check, and demons are bad. But what really was 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 driving me into the depths of these dark parts of my soul, and I was just super depressed. Um, I was very I couldn't feel it. I couldn't connect with anybody, right? Had I met Andre during this time, I probably wouldn't be sitting here next to him right now. I luckily met him, you know, at the wedding where it was before all this mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, I couldn't connect with people on a social level. They would talk mm-hmm. to me, and I was just listening mm-hmm. just to be respectful. But I was just in and out. I am in my own head. So it was very disrespectful. The fact that I was in my own head, was not paying attention to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever their needs, desires were, my romantic social relationships were all in turmoil. And... Even like with some of my partners, that would call up, but I was pissy. It was like, unless you got good news, I don't want to hear it, right? Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that was because there's always been a, a, a from my childhood and some of the things I went through. There's always been this like uh, people call it a chip on my shoulders. I think it's more of like a lion within, right? Okay. Um, I've always had a big appetite for things. I've always wanted things people told me I couldn't have, mm-hmm. and. Part of me also knew that I would do crazy things to get that stuff, mm-hmm. right? I like to think that I have a strong moral compass, but other people's moral compasses are different. But I would, I've realized now that, like, I am a good man, but it doesn't mean I'm harmless. And I've always kind of fought against that. And as I was going through this process and starting to see things turn to the upside, I realized it was like, where I get depressed, where I get the most lethargic, where I turn into a, a not a good man as far mm-hmm. as not living up to its potential, not giving those, giving to others that I actually am fully capable of giving is when uh, I try to deny that, that beast inside of me, right? Mm-hmm. That, that demon that's in there. And it's like, it doesn't need to be controlled. It needs to be unleashed. Sure. And by going through this process, I realized like, my angel's are there to make sure that I keep my moral compass, but my demons drive me there, right? As far as I need to get here, I need to accomplish this, I need to do this, to extend the good and the... the, the capabilities that I do have to more people if the angels set that goal and they make sure that I, I stay within certain boundaries to get there right I believe you can have anything you want in this world as long as you're you know willing to not hurt people in the process mm-hmm. right you can have whatever you want but the demons are the ones that drive them. they're the ones that 
maybe we take this risk, like trade space for time, get in people's face, right? Get within, break the arm's length distance. You start applying pressure, people will bend to your will, right? Um, that was demons doing that. They were being unleashed in a very good way. And I try to keep that, you know, the forefront of my mind all the time. And what well, a lot of that mean by duality at, at yeah. the beginning, right? It's just accepting mm-hmm. that we do have, we are all the things, right? So we, there is light, there is darkness, yeah. there is mm-hmm. everything in yeah. all of us. And so being able to harness both sides of that, use it for, for ultimately for good. Mm-hmm. You're not using it. You're not using that that dark energy to hurt or harm Absolutely. or be evil with anyone. Mm-hmm. But there is, you know, we all experience that. Whether you know. I mean, Andre and I both you know played a lot of sports. Uh-huh. Growing up, sometimes you get that, that dark energy mode. Man, it, it drives you to a different plane than you could get with just you know being the super light, happy, love everybody mode all yeah. the time. You know, so sometimes accepting that dark energy, uh-huh. that's where we got to go to, to, to get where we want. Sometimes, yeah. you know, we spoke about it recently. Yeah. Controlling one's self of you know controlling one's full self having control over yourself Definitely. both bad both good oh, yeah. demons angels negative positive oh yeah um, and of course we always qualify it as good and bad and really that yeah. doesn't exist it, at exactly. all either yeah yeah i've seen to what are said to be great good men you know catholic priests it's like a roman catholic we all know what happened there right? <laughs> mm-hmm. and then i've seen mm-hmm. people that apparently were sinners and the worst on the planet uh, do wonderful things mm-hmm. to help people um and I heard it the other day, and it stuck with me. I go, life is not angels; life is angles. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I was like, so simple. Yeah, I think it might have, I think it might have been Dostoevsky that said it or something like that. But I remember thinking, wow, that is the realest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and unfortunately, the problem is people would see that as like that's such a bad way to look at life and all that. Mm-hmm. Well. You know, let's define bad, right? Like yeah, we're, we're yeah. refusing acceptance of yeah something that's true. Real. Mm-hmm. And really, at the end of the day, it's like yeah, everything is angles. And, and I had a second existential crisis when I had to deal with a whole set of new issues after mm-hmm. this. Where at first you get in there, you get excited, you ask people for help, right? And it's not money or anything. Sometimes it's just like, hey, can I? I sometimes it's just have something. My little brother was huge in this process, not because he provided money for it or or did a bunch of great things for it. But he was the kid that would pick up the phone at 11 o'clock at night when I couldn't sleep. It was just like, I need somebody to bounce things off of, mm-hmm. right? And he's always said, like, dude, this is, you're smarter than me. Why are you asking me? And I was like, I just I wanted somebody to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, you know, hey, like, I'm glad we got here. And somebody asked me, they're like, oh, like, so what's your little brother's role? And I was like, oh, he's like my, my backboard, right? <laughs> but no, he's actually got a role. But, you know, I, I said, you know, I owe a lot to him because he was the one picking up those phone calls, mm-hmm. right? Um, kind of helping me just by, just by being a soundboard sure. in a way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as, as we found success, all of a sudden, like, oh, shit, that's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And there's still always a part of you. That, it'll always, it'll always oh, yeah. be a dream. And then I looked yeah. up one day, and the, the funds that I needed got wired, and, of course, we're doing the build-out, and, you know, our CP should be issued here in about two weeks. Um, and I'm like, okay, now let's just kind of play the waiting game and just mm-hmm. let it start to surface, get everything in order. So when mm-hmm. the doors open, boom, we hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. And so there's little things that we've done, but I've had time to sit back and <laughs> finally, like, money got, funds got wired, everything. And, and my my two partners called me, they go, how, how do you feel? Like, you must be super excited. I was like, honestly, I'm so, I'm like, I don't, yeah. 
Yeah, I was gonna ask that. So it's like like the dog that finally catches the rabbit, right? Like yeah, it's just like exactly. What now? Yeah, what now? Yeah, exactly. And even my little brother's like, so what now? Like, does this mean we did it? I'm like. Uh, yeah, I guess. I'm, 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 I'm looking to the next chapter already, yeah. right? Because now I would say the even more danger we have now is like we have other people's hard earned money at risk, mm-hmm. which is like, to me, that's like we have a, a duty here, mm-hmm. right? Now they're aware that there comes risk, but I was like, I still see it as like, this is my duty now. I have mm-hmm. people who've invested in me as the jockey here, yeah. not the horse. Um, they're betting on me, and I want to show them right because, first of all, you do, you, you make so many money. You, you, you make an investment grow for them through your hard mm-hmm. labors and your skills and your ideas. That's like a relationship that just stay. That's sure. the stickiest thing mm-hmm. you have. But you lose somebody's money, they'll make sure you never touch it. <laughs> yeah. right? yeah. um, and so you have to deal with the present. You're exactly. investing in the present oh, yeah. because there is no future. There is exactly. no next yeah. without if, getting to here. If I don't take the first step, I can't get to step three without yep. doing one and two. Yep. Right. And, um, to extend on that, you know, I, I went through this and I remember just being like, okay, well, yeah, we got the money, okay, I got to look at the next step after that, mm-hmm. right? I don't have time to sit around and celebrate. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I did it. Like, I was sitting there one day, yeah. I was like, holy crap, I, okay, I actually like, pulled this off. I, yeah. I, I never stopped to smell the rainbows and think, yeah. like, whoa, I pulled this off, right? Um, and I let myself have a little fun with it. Oh, good. Yeah. Absolutely. As you <laughs> yeah. should. As you should. But what got me to the next kind of existential crisis where I had to develop, uh, you know, so this was now drawing in with people was, you know, same people that I thought would help me out, hear me out, right? You always look up, like I said, you want to see how lonely you are to go mm-hmm. bed on yourself. And the same people that turn their back, you know, ghosting you via email, phone call, whatever it might be, no text back, you're asking a favor for something, you're asking somebody's opinion on something, mm-hmm. right? And then all of a sudden, like, where it gets around fast these days, all of a sudden the thumbs start working again, right? The hair and back all, yeah, of a sudden. all of a sudden, you know, it's like, whoa, funny. I, I, my email's not going into the spam folder anymore, mm-hmm. right? And I remember thinking to myself, the, the audacity mm-hmm. of people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost an insult to my intelligence. Like, you would think, you know, like, you, you think I just forget how you ghosted me? And especially in a time where, in, in when I was in need, where it was like, the walls were closing in. I could use every little resource I had, and that's when you decided to ghost me. Now all of a sudden it works, and it's like you don't even give it the proper six months to a year. We run into each other randomly in the street, and then we kind of, oh hey, how's it going? Yeah, 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 we'll talk, you know, and kind of work your way back in that way. You just straight up was like, let me reply to the last message, like I'm just now seeing it. And I just remember thinking, for, the, for the listeners, my wife Laura is over here agreeing just vehemently with you right now, <laughs> <laughs> and I could feel her agreement. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you are the male version of me. It's super weird. Anyway, he wasn't with me shooting in the gym. Right? Oh, yeah. I just remember thinking the freaking audacity of people. Uh And because I myself, I can't do that. Knowing, Mm -hmm. like, if I ever turn my back on somebody and I'm like, I got to sit there and admire from afar and clap. But I also have too much pride and I don't want to insult them by being like, sure, let me come back in. Yeah. Apparently, though, people don't have our same morals. <laughs> no. Um, and I remember sitting there thinking, like, da da da, you know, I, I called my dad and I was like, effing this, dad, effing that, like, what do I do here? And he's like, kid, kid. He goes, that's the problem. It's easy to spot success and it's mm-hmm. easy for people to want to get involved in that. Sure. Mm-hmm. After the fact, he goes, I remember, though, you have some people want, right? That's leverage. He mm-hmm. goes, 
you now have to put aside the holier than thou or the you know riding in on your on your white horse kind of mentality of screw these people right he's like if they have a use to you you have leverage use whatever it's worth because at the end of the day you still have to make this work and he goes if you think if you're thinking like this now mm-hmm. you're not ready to get to the next step of when you grow when you actually have more employees now and then, mm-hmm. whether you IPO one day or sell the company to a you know big farm or whatever it might be mm-hmm. um, you have to understand that this is just business and you have to look at these people as transactional right well Can't and just accepting where you are in the moment right mm-hmm. so the previous moment oh yeah in the past it mm-hmm. didn't work it didn't jive right. but now to be able to forget that and not be hung up on that but like I said with your, with your ego being attached to that mm-hmm. losing that meaning and being able to use it as it is now mm-hmm. for your benefit for their benefit oh yes yeah. and yeah. that's really kind of like except for your for you know my benefit and mm-hmm. I almost felt like well I can use these people it's like no it's not a matter of like using them just to say using them they, they that's the premium they pay mm-hmm. for, for, for backing off when you needed help earlier right it's like think of it like an investment those who get in at the first stage mm-hmm. uh, take the most risk but they have the greatest upside because sure. I mean it's it. easy yeah. it's not easy to oh, yeah. forget those people oh, yeah. and what they've done and what they put you through yeah. because but yeah. it happened for right. that reason exactly right? exactly yeah. it happened for that reason and when you think about it from the standpoint like, okay well we do business together in some form or fashion whether mm-hmm. it's purely transactional maybe I get mm-hmm. the better end of the stick out of it but hey they're still getting something out of it mm-hmm. it's like that's that's the price you pay mm-hmm. for, for acting in such a way and I I looked at it and stopped taking it so personally. Mm-hmm. But the next best thing that happened was, we, going back to what we said earlier, it's just like timing means nothing. You can meet people, in, in, and in two weeks, they've had a greater impact and, and were uh, better for you uh, than people you've known for decades. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I started keeping my circle real. I already kept it pretty small, but I started keeping my circle real small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember... I actually posted about something about this, like on my story. I was with the dog, and and this is when I, for the first time in my life, I was in an attitude of gratitude. They call it not to sound cliche, but <laughs> I, what helped me through this was realizing, okay, just by law of averages, many people I meet are going to be purely transactional, mm-hmm. right? Give and take in some form or fashion, um, and then we go our separate ways. I went back to all you know friends and families like that who, who had an impact on this in such a way, even if it was a phone call, right? Um, I actually thanked a friend of mine who just took a phone call from me who I needed advice from. I didn't have to do it, right? And I, I, I had not known him that long, but I said, hey, it was great meeting you, and like, I, you mind if I just jump on a phone call with you, right? And I just had a you know, question about business. You seemed very astute with it. And we, he talked to me for 45 minutes. That was huge. And I actually, mm-hmm. I had one tidbit I got out of there that was extremely important when I went forward. And mm-hmm. I was like, it's funny because that one thing we talked about actually came in very handy <laughs> down mm-hmm. the road. Um, and I even texted friends who, I said, hey, you know, I texted a group of friends of mine in Denver. And I was like, hey, I just want to say thank you for, like, just celebrating with me and some of the small victories we had. Mm-hmm. And I was in that, all of a sudden, finding great gratefulness and all that stuff, I was like, the other crap just True. flies yeah. off your flies off your shoulders almost like a almost like when a husky shakes and hair comes <laughs> mm-hmm. off. You can just tell he just feels lighter after mm-hmm. doing it. And I, I, that was a huge moment for me as far as I think that's really where. Oh, by the way, I got so much left, but I think really that's where I hit kind of like the peak so far in my life of personal yep. growth. All culminated into these little moments of, of like wow, like. I actually do have some really amazing people around me. So kind of just what I, when, when you're talking, what I hear a lot of is 
you know, we're all we're all trying to change constantly, right? And we yeah. always always resisting change. But I feel like there's these periods in in life that can happen in any circumstance where there's like a real season of change, mm-hmm. where the universe is kind of tapping us on the shoulder mm-hmm. or God or whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. and sometimes it slaps us in the face with it if we don't get the hint. Mm-hmm. And so here you are, turning thirty, uh, a new you know decade mm-hmm. in your life. It's you know it's a end of a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. It's fighting with yourself as who am I, what am I doing, right. jumping into this new business, like just all this you think, you know, the, the relationship with your mom, like just what a real season of change for you yeah. in a short amount of time. And I just, just listening to you, like I just think that's just really awesome that right. you accepted all that, worked with all that, and just let it, right. let yourself be guided and directed and worked your ass off to be in line with that change and like you said look at where you are now like this is the, the high point of your life and you had all these super challenging things at once mm-hmm. oh yeah it was but just trust overall even if in moments you didn't or you yeah. doubted yourself or you were yeah. unsure you had your your dad and the mm-hmm. people around you oh, to yeah. keep you up built and keep you positive yeah. keep your perspective different to see you through all of those changes and you saw yourself through all of those and now look at you know, the way that you feel and the way that you are. It's real awesome. energy shift. It really is. It's funny because mm-hmm. like this is my first time actually sitting down and really thinking about it. Like mm-hmm. I kind of I, I rambled on because I'm like it's my first time telling you. Like holy cow! Like, and then I'm even sitting here right now. Like damn, I really did. Yeah. You did. And we always have so much work to do. But it, it, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, mm-hmm. and I think. <laughs> You guys can't see, but Laura is. I, I like my fans. Right she, she laughs. Yeah. I like my geek fancy stuff too. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Those books changed my life as a child, um, and that they, they gave me such imagination. I was always able. To, um, my greatest gift, I think, as far as dealing with things, is I could always imagine, you know, create my own world in my head and just go off into La La Land for mm-hmm. a second. Um, so if you ever see me and I look like I'm there, and I'm not. It's probably still off in La La Land, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and you know the overarching theme obviously is good versus evil, but there's so much dynamics as far as how characters change throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. J.R. Tolkien, the best thing he did was he created a world and you just immersed yourself in it. It could be whatever mm-hmm. you want. Even though he was telling you the words, the story, mm-hmm. you can imagine the story however you want it. And really it was obviously these three and a half foot tall hobbits who achieved something amazing. And, and one of my favorite, you know, Chapters is the the White Council, uh, Council of Elrond, where this is where Frodo decides he's taking the One Ring, right, to Mordor. Mm-hmm. Um, now in the movie, the, they're yelling, um, you know, the big stout man and the dwarves and elves are yelling over what should be done with the ring, and in the background he yells, "I will take it." And then Gandalf, you know, shrugs his shoulders like, "Oh man," and he goes, "But I don't know the way." And then, but in the book, they're actually sitting there silent. It, I think it's more powerful. They're sitting there silent, and they're wondering what should be done and Frodo realizes sitting next to Bilbo that nobody's standing up you know nobody's mm-hmm. taking this this burden it's, and it washes over him to where he's just hoping like if I just stay silent long enough like uh, people will forget about me right mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's like well, for some reason he was compelled and he just stood up out of nowhere and was like this is what I must do something called to him mm-hmm. and he was so afraid to say this he was so afraid mm-hmm. to do this but he just almost like you know send it full send and mm-hmm. he goes I will take the ring I do not know the way mm-hmm. um, and I actually want to get that tattooed on uh, my hands yeah, so I'm sorry yeah. mom but um, it, that was always very important to me because that was the culminating event and what's funny is 
back to what we talked about earlier, you, you pick the, the, the end game, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where you start. And then you just kind of like make it up as you go. Figure out the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and as he goes through the whole thing, it was kind of like my journey where it's like he changed in so many ways and became strong in so many ways. And, and he just kind of like, as it, don't have a change, but Jonah Tolkien did these great things where the, it's constantly danger. Right, mm-hmm. constantly danger coming, and you just it builds it up, builds it up. But then they have these small moments of solace throughout chapters, little tidbits of where the characters sit back and have a laugh, right? Uh, the night before a battle or whatever it might be, these small moments of solace, and those are the little things that keep you going through it. But also, those are the, the moments where you see yourself like, wow, I'm changing, right? mm-hmm. like I'm growing here, I'm 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 a lot stronger than I thought, and. It's not necessarily that I was a lot stronger than I thought when I started. It's more like I'm getting strong as we're going. Mm-hmm. And I always think like these are the real moments, like even little moments of solace I had sitting with my dog at the beach or mm-hmm. reconnecting with an old friend I haven't seen in a while and telling him what, I, what I've been up to. I'm like, it's almost like my, in the books I read, sure. right? Mm-hmm. You know, these are these things that kind of built us up mm-hmm. and, and, and turned us into who we are. Yeah, and, it's, the, you know, it's, yeah. the, it's the hero's journey, right? Mm-hmm. So, the hero's journey. It's so it's, that's, that's all of our... Oh, yeah. Our, our Tao or our credo, whatever you want to say, like we all have the ability to accept our own hero's journey and, and answer that call, stand up when yeah. we don't know how exactly. to get there. Um, one quote I read a long time ago was, you know, true acceptance is we set our intention for where we want to go and what we want to accomplish, but we give up the means and the how of getting exactly. there. And I say, what a great example you are of, of being able to do that oh, yeah. for yourself. You knew what you wanted to do. You had no idea how to get there, <laughs> but you were willing to just jump in there and take that hero's journey and, oh, yeah. and and go for it. And not just not just the business aspect of being successful, but you know the more important thing I think is just your personal development and your ability to look back and see all that you've the things that you've changed and then how you've grown as an individual that will set you up for greater success with anything with you know, personal relationships, romantic relationships, business stuff. Oh, yeah. Personal health, like just all of it. It begs a question that I asked early on in this podcast, and kind of part of how we came to start this mm-hmm. podcast is: Are you motiv- are you motivated by fear or motivated by success? And I think that's a question that people have to kind of yep. really consider and weigh because, yeah, there's great things that come with success. Yeah, but I think better things come from fear and being motivated by fear because it's a process, right? And it's a process that brings out the best and worst of us. I'm glad you mentioned that because I happen to be watching The Dark Knight Rises today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait for her to laugh for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> and great movie. Uh, the the Fire one, Rises. Fire Rises. <laughs> the, the the greatest, most powerful scene though is when he's in the pit. Right? Yeah, and, and he's mm. trying to escape, I and know, he I goes. Know I know where you're going. You don't know death, right? <laughs> yeah. And he goes. Fears what uh, I don't remember the exact line, but he's, I think it was. You think your lack of fear, not is, fearing death, is makes strength. you makes you strong. Makes you strong. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Oh yeah, yeah. he goes. I, I fear my, watching my city burn, and I can't do anything about it. And he's like, they make the climb, and he goes, how? And he's like, like the child did. Looks over, mm-hmm. he goes, without the rope. He goes, he goes, make the climb without the rope, and the fear of death will find you again. Mm-hmm. And that's when he like they start chanting "rise," and he goes yeah. up there and he makes the leap, and he actually makes it because fear is such a powerful primal motivator. It absolutely is. And by overcoming fear, ultimately we build self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was talking to Laura the other day, I'm like, I'm swearing up women, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like not really swearing them off, but I started looking up at my romantic life, realizing like, mm-hmm. damn, like I did all of this in ten months. That, that's yeah. I did that as like. 
Mm-hmm. I ain't just like going for any girl now. Like I want, I'm, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. challenge her a little bit, right? You got to come to my level now, right? But, well, you found yourself yeah. again. You mm-hmm. found your myself. worth again. Exactly. You found your energy, your motivation. Oh, yeah. You found everything that you didn't have in your darkest time, oh, yeah. in your lowest time, exactly. and that's admirable. Oh, yeah. It is. And because of energy, guess what kind of person you would attract now? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's gonna kind of. Be that type of thing of things, but I think two. Uh, I th- I th- One? Okay, so Andre had to bounce real quick, so we're going to have a uh, Laura sit at the table, so she got to, to talk, and so she's going to go ahead and fill in here, too. <laughs> before, Jake, before you go on, because I, when we just, our little intermission mm-hmm. here, I was telling him how much I felt like your story, when I was sitting here listening, I was just working on my iPad, but it was amazing to me because... Everything that you were saying, even though it was your own story, your own experiences, I felt, oh my gosh, I, I felt the same way in some of my experiences. And it, just that, oh, that feeling, I don't know, I got like goosebumps in a weird way because for anybody who's out there listening to this, who might be going through a similar situation, how powerful it is to hear your story and for someone to resonate with that and be like, oh my gosh. I feel like I'm going through the same thing. But the silver lining is there is a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes you just have to get into the tunnel and like really get yeah. in there to realize like I'm going to get out of this. Yeah. But we're humans and we can adapt. We can survive. We can do so many things. And sometimes we forget that we have those abilities. Right. And I, I just I loved your story in that regard because um, – you just you you really let the the fear go, oh, yeah. and you just were like, I have to survive. I have to get this done. I have to do whatever I can do. And I am a huge person with that. Yeah. I am a very tenacious individual. So I I just love that. And I want to like if I just feel like if anybody's listening to this and they're going through something similar, like hear this, hear hear that people. Not everything you see on social media or you oh. witness is real. Highlight like, real. everybody yeah. just highlights all, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like, but we're sharing these things, yeah. these positive things, but how often do you hear the back end oh, yeah. of all that? And you never do. Like I said, we hear the highlight reel. Sure. We have this conversation again here. Who knows where we'll all be at? But go, oh, man, they awesome life they have right all the cool <laughs> stuff they do all the cool pictures they get to take and in reality it's like yeah that's what we show people because it's just natural that's the way social media is born sure. but like what was I gonna do face like like do an Instagram story of like me almost coming to tears sitting in my bedroom like how the fuck am I gonna make this work right um, I've got way too much risk on the line I, I totally screwed this up like I'm a freaking loser I'm not gonna put that on an Instagram story and anybody <laughs> do, I'm not saying anybody should either but you know it, Back to your point, where like if somebody's out there listening, I don't want. I, it's weird what I want to say. It's like you are not alone, but you are alone in the fact that like everyone needs to go through this. You have to have your own mental war where it's like, okay, we we got to get down into some dark places here, and I need to see what I'm truly made of. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, and it kind of Matt and I were talked about this real quick during intermission, but. I feel like not having these experiences in your life, not, and I'm not saying go out there and just start having bad experiences, <laughs> yeah, right. and, but be open to it. Allow yourself to find yourself in a situation like this because it's going to show you who you really are, but it provides that contrast and that context for the beautiful things you'll have in life later. Most of the beautiful things I've found now, like 
when I meet the woman of my dreams, maybe one day, who knows, or I might just get another dog. It's probably just dog <laughs> uh, you know, whenever that might happen, it's only going to be that beautiful because of all the mistakes I made before and all the other stuff I had to deal with in my dating life before. When I find success in business later on, it will feel and taste sweet because of all the crap you had to do to get there. When I, of course, you use the word mistake. So if it gets you to where you're supposed to be, is it a mistake? Exactly. Yeah. Right? Then we can, it kind of took <laughs> me the egg, right? It's a yeah. too, right? Oh, yeah. and, and all the ugliness. So it's like you really learn who you are, but also you have to experience these and you have to be open to it from a standpoint like, all right, like here it is. This is my, this is my, my defining moment in life, right? Now, it's not a defining moment from, I did it once, never have to do it again. Right. But it's your defining moment in that you'll look back and say, I survived this. And my dad always said, it's like, it's not about not having, you know, problems or mistakes, you know, making mistakes. He goes, you just got to make sure the mistakes you're making and the problems you're having are much more complex that require greater solutions later. There's always going to be a problem. Yeah. There's always going to be a problem. It's the people who, like, have problems yeah. for solutions, yeah. right? It, rather than just, hey, I'm going to try whatever I can do yeah. to make this work. Yeah. And, hey, guess what? I'd rather try and fail than not try at all. Yeah. And that's exactly how I am. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll give it my best shot. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You might have a lot of relationships. Yeah. You know, and maybe <laughs> something good came out of all those things. Yeah. And eventually, like you know, Matt and I, it's like, oh, and then you just meet that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you realize you you collectively look at your past and go, I know exactly what I want because I know exactly what I don't want. Right. And like you said, contrast, right? Contrast. It's very similar. Oh, yeah. And I think you will find that person. I do. Laura's just being nice. She's I like, do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe who knows? Like I said, me and my dog have a really good thing going right now. I don't. Want, I don't want to upset that. You know, you, you, you did say that the, you know the toughest thing you faced through all of the specific challenges was just that feeling of being alone, mm-hmm. and so that's why I think being able to share with people and, and talk with people is so great because if we do look at ourselves as we are collective, we are all connected together. Just knowing that someone else has gone through something similar or been in a similar set of circumstances and, and seen through it. Like you mentioned, Laura, like, like, oh, that was cool to hear. Someone else dealt with the same kind of thing. Like, I'm not alone. I am, I am going through this by myself. I'm going through. My, I'm enduring my situation by myself, but I'm not alone because who knows how many millions of people have gone right. through the same thing. And so, if we're able to all collectively draw off that that collective energy that that exists in life, it's like we can draw on that experience from others. And so, being able to share that and and Help people feel that I think is just a, an, one of the most awesome things that we can we can do. Oh, yeah, absolutely! And you know it's crazy because you you think you're crazy for feeling that way, but we're here to tell you, you're not. And you you have to let when you're alone those mental battles, the angels and demons start going to war in your head. And, and I look like an idiot because you guys can't see me, but I'm tapping this side <laughs> of the temple here. Um, and the the push and pull, the tug, um, it needs to happen. And you need to have these this mental warfare in your own mind as far as you need to get some really negative places that attack everything you've ever once held true or everything you've ever dreamt of because that's going to get you down in the nitty gritty. And again, it, it happened to me. And then eventually I snapped, right? But for the first time in my life, I drew a boundary with the, uh, my mother, who I love very much, but that was also a big problem as far as emotionally I've had in my childhood that I've carried with me forever. And I naturally set a boundary there. Um, wish I would have done it more calmly, but, you know. But it was it was a blockage yeah. that you had in your life yeah. and you, you got it out. Oh, yeah. And then you released it. That inspired me to go take a walk. And then it inspired me for the first time to get over my insecurities of talking about when my father asked what's going on and being like, Pop, I'm not well. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I don't know what to do. I'm a wreck. 
can't feel, I can't, you know, I just feel like dying, I'm suffocating, right? I, walls are closing in down, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I was like, wow, he actually gave me some very sound emotional advice. <laughs> me thinking here he's going to judge me for being emotional, you know, and, and it inspired me to do all that, which led to one little thing. All of a sudden you start picking up little breadcrumbs, you get, you're face down in the mud, right, beaten down, and you just, you know, the palm comes up, you get your elbows up, you get your legs up, it's slowly but surely, and then you look up, you're like, damn, I'm, okay, I'm back on my feet, now I'm walking forward, now I'm sprinting, right? It's just that, that whole evolution, it's like it, I hate to be so cliche, but the butterfly. Yeah. I, I like what you said <laughs> yeah. in the beginning. You had mentioned that, and, and I actually resonate with this as well. You said when you're up and you're feeling good is yeah. when you, it's like your best work. Yeah. But also at the same time, it's like when you're, you almost get into your head, like when things aren't going right, it's like you can't focus, you can't think. But there is a little beauty to that, mm. right? Because I feel that way sometimes too. I'm like, and I got everything squared away, everything is good, got my bills paid, you know, mm -hmm. my house is clean, and my yeah. bed's made, whatever it is, I can get, I can get the day. Yeah. And I do well. But like you said, it's like when you are really challenged yeah. with something and you're like, oh my gosh, if I don't do this, yeah. you're like, you know, I'm dead yeah. either way. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that yeah. is yeah. literally the biggest yeah. stepping stone to get exactly where you need yeah. to be. And I love that you said that. I, I feel the same way, like, sometimes when I things are going well and everything's raining and pouring on me and I don't know, you know, where to start, what to do. I think about exactly your point. It's like, you're screwed anyway, either yeah, way, Laura. Yeah, so yeah, um, you better just pick your poison, honey, yeah, exactly. and get going. Oh yeah. I love, I really love that, what you said. And um, yeah, it just totally hit me because I'm like, I've, I've been in that situation. And I don't, I know what you mean with your parents because, you know, my family is Italian. I've, you you always want to be like, Dad, I did it, Dad. Yeah. You know, like oh, your yeah. whole life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like when you have to call your parents and kind of go, yeah, I'm in a little bit of shit right now. <laughs> you know, and it's like you never want to do that because you, you do feel that praise and reward when they are like, hey, I'm proud of you, son, or I'm proud of you, you know, my, to my daughter or whoever. That is an amazing feeling. It really is. But at the same time, having that vulnerability with your parents and saying, I need your help, even if it's just to talk to you. I mean... If your parents love you and they care for you, uh, I bet I bet they want those moments too. And it's you know what I mean, when, like when my dad and I were having dinner, drinks talked about it. It was hysterical because we're sitting there, and then you know, my dad's one of those guys. He's just so. I'll put a little bit of business out there. He is a very fair-skinned, dark-haired man, and he wears glasses, and he likes to tuck his his collared polo shirt into his gym shorts, right? He's got a fanny pack on. Love you, pop, but yeah, he's definitely look when we're out together. We do. We don't look like we're related, yeah. right? Um, but we sit there and we talk, and kind of we had a kind of just no business. And I actually really enjoyed it because it was the first time my dad and I didn't really talk anything about business. Just mm -hmm. me and dad being yeah. me and dad. <laughs> I remember someday drinking his beer, and he kind of looks over. He's like, "Shit, you pulled it off." And I kind of looked at him like, and I go back to him, like, "What do you? Yeah, I did." Like, "What do you mean?" I was kind of like. I was taking your advice and I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, thank God. Yeah, thank God. I've, I've had a yeah. similar conversation. My dad's yeah. like, I don't know how you did it, Laura. You cost our family a lot of money, but I don't know how you did it, yeah. Laura. And I was like, I don't know how I did it either. Yeah. I was yeah. like, probably because you were telling yeah. me that I could do it, but yeah, I was yeah. like, no. And it, yeah. it just went from there. So I, I feel yeah. you. And just kind of looking at each Where other. Where do you get the dark skin from? My mother. Uh, okay. She's Mexican-Italian. 
God bless her soul. Um, we should give you something good. That's a good mix. That's <laughs> yeah. a good mix. And then you look at my father, uh, very uh, Russian, German, and Irish. Um, so, yeah, that's where, you know, I, we don't look alike. And you, know, you see us sitting there laughing over a beer, and they're like, oh, Talking about and he's realized my son has learned how to operate in chaos. He's gonna be okay. Yeah, and, and even my dad's like, I'm not gonna lie, I was really holding my breath there, man. Like he was a real nail biter, man. And I'm like, Dad, I, you kind of gave me this advice, and I'm like, it's kind of operating on the assumption you knew what you're doing. And he was like, Yeah, was not gonna lie, fifty-fifty there. And we just laughed about it. It was it was an amazing time. And my dad was like, Not that my dad withholds ever saying he's proud of me because yeah. he's always he says it all the time, but. There's something insanely special that really lights me up when my father kind of like yeah. gives me props because I I've admire that man with every fiber of my being and having somebody like that you admire so much be like good job yeah. it's always it's like I can do anything <laughs> but he's also not afraid to say you're an idiot yeah. <laughs> so like, it goes both ways so yeah I feel that one too yeah. All right, we're a little over our hour yeah. mark there, so I can tell Jake's got a lot of info, so we'll definitely have a, okay. a part two, and uh, he can take us through the rest of his journey. But uh, your, your place, is it opening up? It, yes, soon, uh, so we're anticipating end of August. Um, we'll do a grand opening, invite everybody out. Um, I mean, I'm not going to do a little red thing with the table. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have everybody out, and I just, you know, we're going to be launching some content, too, as far as the journey as well, and take cool. people through a little bit more of it as far as more details on the, the actual... Mm-hmm. You know what we're doing, um, and we'll absolutely have you guys there for opening day. Awesome. It's gonna be absolutely. awesome. We're gonna play music and and you know see a lot of marijuana and, and samples. And stuff like All that. my favorite things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. perfect. Sounds good to oh, me. Yeah. It's California, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Instagram or something with your. We're putting that, we're putting all that together right now. So really, kind of branding it. We are more of a white label distributor, but obviously okay. brands we work with will have some cool content. But we'll put something together for ourselves, and we're just trying to figure out the best way to do that. That is actually not my specialty. So yeah, marketing. <laughs> That's but, why you got uh, people. Cool. Yeah, I got good people. So we'll we'll post a little uh, thing on that whenever it gets it open. Heck yeah, uh, so it's everybody can come out and, yeah. and check it out. But thank you so much for sharing your story, brother. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, and I just if it touches one person out there in a good way. It turned it touched yeah. me, and I'm sitting right here, so I can't even imagine who else. So I appreciate you being right. on here. So if anyone has any questions or comments, uh, send us an email, presenttensepodcastam at gmail.com or our Instagram, uh, presenttensepodcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks. We, oh, do